for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. If you've got a Bible and you like to turn Psalm 23, if you haven't, it will come up on the screen. And um, This morning we're looking at Psalm 23, and the Lord is my shepherd. So let's, why don't you stand for a moment and we'll read this together, shall we? Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Please be seated. Now, this psalm is probably one of the most familiar pieces of scripture you'll find, probably alongside the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Do you know there is a very real danger with familiarity in the sense that it breeds contempt? We can be so familiar with it that we can take it somewhat for granted. We can perhaps uh, read into it something that's not there, or we may miss something that is there. And so it's good for us to stop and just think at this time about this tremendous psalm. Uh, Before we go into a new season, many of us have have been on holiday, been away to different places and enjoyed the refreshment and the renewal that brings, what it is to just stop from daily life and just halt and, and just enjoy just being and just doing some different kinds of things, whether it's Uh, out on the water or whether it's in mountains or whether it's on bikes, whatever your thing is that you love to do when you go on holiday. I mean, we all love it. But there is something different to that kind. That's one kind of renewal. There is another kind of renewal. You know, you can go on holiday and forget God. And God is a really important part of life. It's in him that we, we live, we move, we have our being. We were made by God for God. And and uh, we, we find our joy and our rest in him. And, but it's possible to go away on holiday and to enjoy holiday and forget God. And, and come back and get into life and think, Why, what is this all about? And so right at the, the beginning this morning, I just want to just throw that out to you. Where, what, what part has God played in this last month of your life? Have you known his interaction? Or have you kind of forgotten him because he hasn't forgotten you. And uh, so when we look at this psalm, it's just to, to think about it in those terms. It's a, it's a well-known scripture, uh, and uh, both the Christian and the non-Christian know it. It will be recited at, at weddings. It will be recited at funerals. It will be recited all through different parts of life. Many people have learned it by rote, and they, they, they could recite it to you much like the Lord's Prayer. But you know, it's one thing uh, knowing the psalm, it's a different thing knowing the shepherd. 
And I remember a story of many years ago about uh, a recitation that was going on where an actor was asked if he would recite the Lord's Prayer. And he got up and he, he did it beautifully. And then somebody else uh, got up following him and recited the Lord's Prayer. And as this man was reciting the Lord's sorry, as this man was reciting Psalm 23, as he was going through it, tears began to well up in people's eyes. And at the end of it, the, the man who was the actor who recited the psalm, he said, the difference is, he said, I know the psalm, he knows the shepherd. And that's important this morning when we, we look at this psalm. Do you know the shepherd? Or do you just know the psalm? Do you find in it some kind of comfort, some kind of hope, but you don't really know the shepherd whom this psalm is all about? It's, so familiarity can be dangerous for us. Uh, we can make assumptions, we can miss things. Uh, and, and this psalm is so compact that it's easy to miss the power, the dynamic, the life that there is in this psalm. It's written by, by David, uh, probably when he was a young man. And we know that he was a shepherd boy who went out and looked after his father's sheep. And uh, he would care for them day by day out there on the hills uh, around Bethlehem. And... Uh, And it's quite different from some of his other psalms. You will be aware that in some psalms he gets quite militant, what we call fortress psalms, where he's he's kind of stating things about God because he's in a militant situation. It's God, you are my rock. God, you are my fortress. God, you are my deliverer. A bit like we've been singing in one of the songs this morning. There's that side to knowing God where, yes, God is our fortress. God is our strength. God is our high tower. God is our deliverer. And we trust in him. This psalm is quite different. It has an intimacy to it. It has an emotional side to it that touches us in a deeper way. It's all about what's going on in my life between me and the shepherd. And so here David sees himself as one of those sheep in the care of a shepherd. I had the privilege of growing up on a farm. I had the privilege of of living there and we had sheep on the farm and and watching dad as a farmer and sometimes helping him as he went about caring for the sheep. And uh, so David was, was just such a man. And he, he was there and he, he tended these sheep day in and day out. And so he understood the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. It was so different to perhaps to what we're so used to today where we, we live in a world of mechanics. But there was a, a relationship whereby... The shepherd would know the sheep. He would, know, he would have a name for them. He would call them by name. He would recognize them and so on. And so you, get the, you, you begin to paint that picture of when Jesus says later on, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. They recognize my voice and follow me. And the Bible contains some 700 references to sheep, shepherds and flocks. And God's people are referred to in this terminology something like 200 times or more. So it's an important picture that we have here. But it's a a picture that perhaps is lost to to many of us because we've been brought up in an urban world. We, We don't have contact with shepherds. We don't have contact with sheep. We might see them when we go on holiday. Perhaps if you go to to Austria or or places like that where where the sheep wander around on the hillsides and as we when we're on holiday you could hear this tinkling and and I just thought there were cows because I've heard cows with bells around their 
around their necks, but we were, could hear this tinkling sound. And as we were walking along a path, suddenly there were these sheep, and they'd all got bells around their necks. And maybe you've seen those kind of images uh, of the sheep out there, and, and the shepherd will not be far away. He will be there somewhere leading his sheep. In, in Bible times, sheep were, were valuable. And, and shepherds were not social outcasts, as is popularly taught. Actually, if you can, look at, you can look at a lot of commentaries and a lot that's out there, and they will say to you that being a shepherd was, was the bottom of the pile. It was kind of an outcast kind of job. And, and if, you were look, if you were looking after sheep, that was, that was right down that end. That actually is not the picture that the Bible portrays, and it's not the picture that was the case of the world at the time of, of Scripture. And uh, when we think of some of those people through this wonderful story that you and I are part of, uh, you think of Abraham, he was a shepherd. You think of Moses, he was a shepherd. You think of David, he was a shepherd. And then when you come over into the New Testament, you find that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. And so throughout Scripture you have this uh, raising up this, this image of a shepherd who's uh, somebody to look, be looked up to in some way. And, and actually sheep, you know, we, we live in a, a day and age where we think sheep are kind of really stupid creatures. But actually that's not true. It's just not true at all. Uh, in Bible times sheep were valuable. And shepherds weren't social outcasts then. And uh, God says in 49, Genesis 49, verse 24, Yet his bow remained steady, and his, his strong arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. So God says, I am the shepherd. And we have that image throughout scripture of, scripture of God being shepherd to his people. Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. We've got some images there from the early church. And... Uh, the early church, this was a common image that they had. We very often think in terms of Jesus and the cross. But for the early church, if you go back and have a look, you'll find that these were common images. They meant an awful lot. They, they said a lot. They carried the thought of the cross in them, of the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. But they have this wonderful picture of the shepherd carrying the sheep home. So this sheep has gone astray and and the shepherd has gone after it. And maybe in going astray it's got wounded, it's become hurt in some way. But the shepherd has gone after it and he has found the sheep and he has picked the sheep up and he's put it round his shoulders and he's carrying it back home. What a wonderful image that is. And you can see why that would be very, very precious to the early church. And so when you think of Jesus being the good shepherd and how he cares for the sheep. So... A word about sheep then, the popular idea is that they are stupid, that they are dirty, uh, that they are defenceless. And actually, that is not true. Um, And some have have built their theology on it, a kind of worthless worm theology that fits in with this idea. But actually, sheep are quite different when you get to know them. A 2009 report published in Animal Welfare found that sheep are capable of experiencing a whole range of feelings, From fear to anger, uh, despair, boredom, and happiness. Well, we all know that lambs are happy, don't we? That's one of the things that you love to see, or certainly anyone from the country like me, you you love to see in the spring is to drive by the fields and see the lambs out there enjoying themselves. 
You know, they, they've discovered life. They've suddenly been let out of the pen, as it were. And they're out there in the fields and they're, they're hopping and they're skipping and they're jumping and they're playing and, and just finding absolute delight in life. Wonderful, wonderful picture, isn't it? And uh, so, yeah, they're capable of both boredom and happiness. Did you know that they have slit eyes for a reason? And their slit eyes enable them to see all the way round them without turning their head. Yeah. So a sheep doesn't have to turn its head to see what's behind it. And sheep are actually surprisingly intelligent. They can be trained, uh, though you may have thought otherwise. They have impressive memory and recognition skills. They are capable of building friendships. They're capable of standing up for one another. And they feel sad when their friends are taken away. So sheep are interesting characters, aren't they? They're beautiful things. And uh, so they're not right down there. There's something special about sheep. And it's interesting how they're singled out to, to represent us. Because you and I have value. We have immense value before God because we were made by God in the image of God. So every one of us here this morning, whatever background, wherever we've come from, we have value. You have value. I have value. Such a, a great value that it, it cost our redemp- for our redemption, it cost the life of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Such was the value upon our lives. Such was the value it took the second person of the Trinity to take on human flesh, to come here, to live here, to be tempted in all points like as we are, and then, never having sinned, to take our sin to himself and bear it on the cross. And so the image there is of the sheep being slaughtered as an offering. He gave his life for us. He gave his life a ransom for many. So this this image that we have here, of sheep is an interesting one. There's value. And when, we, when the Bible uses that image for us, first of all, it's placing value upon our lives. Sheep in those days were not a, a cheap commodity. They had high value to them. You are a person of value to God. You have been created by God. You have been made in the image of God. But you know, those sheep are valuable and incredibly intelligent. They can be stupid. Yeah, I mean, if there's a hole in the fence, a sheep will find it. Isn't that right? Anyone who knows anything about sheep is if you've got a potential hole in your fence, a sheep will find it because it does think the grass on the other side is greener than the pasture it's in at this moment in time. And isn't that like us? It says, all we like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. So yes, though we have, though we have, have a tr- tremendous value on, on our lives, made in the image of God, nevertheless, Scripture says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone and found the holes in the fence. We've got out there to, to see whether the pasture on the other side is better than what it is here. And so we have this, this beautiful image of the shepherd who, who loves his sheep, who knows his sheep, who values his sheep, who cares for them and who, who goes after them. And so you have that image in the New Testament of, of Jesus where the, the 90, 99 are, are, are safe. He goes after that one that's out there somewhere else. He pursues it because he knows it's in a dangerous place. The enemy can pick it off. It's not the place to find food, etc., etc., etc. 
And the good shepherd goes after the lost sheep. And it may be that you are here this morning. And you don't normally go to church. Maybe you've never been to church. Maybe it's, it's the first time you've, you've ever encountered the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is the good news that you are incredibly loved this morning because you are valuable. You are made in the image of God. And God made you for himself. And, but you, like those sheep, have gone astray. You've lost your way. You've, you've sinned. You've fallen short of his glory. But the good shepherd has come for you. The good shepherd has pursued you. The good shepherd has laid down his life for you, for each one of us. He has paid that price that was necessary for our sin. And he, he went to the cross. He paid the price in full. And you know, as we were singing or worshipping there just, just a few minutes ago, that one particular song there, the image that came back to my mind, and it, this might be appropriate to somebody here this morning, was, uh, I don't know whether you've ever done it or known anybody who's done it, but you know when people years ago used to fall in love, young people fall in love, and, and they'd get a flower, wouldn't they? Yeah? And they'd gradually pick the petals off, you know? And he'd go, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Obviously, this is how it's, uh, yeah, a few of you have done this. Eh? He loves me. He loves me not. And you're just hoping that when you get to the last petal, it says he loves me or she loves me. You know? And that might be the case for someone here this morning. That that's how you've been thinking that God thinks about you. He loves me today. Feels good. But tomorrow, oh, he loves me not. And then another... Oh, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me, and he loves me not. And so that's how your life... That's not a good way to live. You don't know whether you've got a relationship, if that's the case, do you? It's kind of on and then off, on and then off, on and then off. And it may be that for someone here this morning, that's you. You keep going through your Christian life. Oh, he loves me, but he loves me not. Let me tell you this morning, he loves you full stop. (laughs) And he loves you without reservation, yeah? He knew you from the very beginning. He knew what you would be like. He knew how you would mess up, not only in your past and today, but he also knew how you would mess up tomorrow. And he's taken all of that into account, and he loves you. Amen? Isn't that staggering that this is the heart of the good shepherd? He made you for himself. He paid the price for you so that you could know him. So it's not a question, he loves me, he loves not, he loves me, he loves not, he loves you. And I'm I'm so glad that he loves me. You know, and that he pursued me out of his love. I didn't pursue him. He pursued me and he he found me. And I can remember the day I came to know him. What joy that brought into my life. What peace and, and happiness. Maybe you don't know him this morning. And when you look at this psalm, it starts very simply with the Lord is my shepherd. So is he your shepherd? And, and in your Bibles you'll find that Lord there is in capitals. L-O-R-D. Because they didn't dare write in those days the personal name of God. And the name there is Yahweh. I remember talking to a Jehovah's Witness and uh, he was trying to tell me all about God and being saved and so on. And uh, I just said to him, I said, I said, isn't it great that God tells us what his name is? We could have a personal relationship with him. 
Because you know what it's like in life, in business and so on? We call one another Mr. Mrs. We call somebody Sir or Madam or whatever. And uh, perhaps it has to do with roles and, and keeping those boundaries, etc. But then perhaps it comes to a point where we say, call me Richard. And that's like I'm giving you permission to know me personally. And that's what God does for us. And so right here at the beginning of this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. God is saying, this is my name. You can know me personally. And that's how he revealed himself to Moses many, many years ago. He says, says, this is my name, the Lord, Yahweh. And it means I am. And so we we have this picture of of God who is personal, who is relational, who... uh, is constant, and if there's something we want in a relationship, it's to know that it's going to be consistent. It's to know that that person is going to be consistent in who they are and how they act and so on. And that, of course, is, is God all over. He is the unchanging one. He, he had no need of anyone or anything. He is entirely existent and consistent within himself. You, you won't find out tomorrow he's gone off you because he loves you. Isn't that right? He loves you. And so, right at the beginning of the psalm, David speaks of God in this very personal way, that he is my shepherd. He has shared his name with me. He is personal to me. That's wonderful. Do you know him that way this morning? Do you know him? Because... He is the most amazing shepherd. The most amazing shepherd, unlike the vast majority of the shepherds you'll find today, because he doesn't depend on anybody else. He doesn't need to call in the vet. You know, he doesn't need to call in specialist help. He knows. He's big enough. And that's wonderful. So he says, The Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd, and I shall not want. And that verse there, it, it just speaks of contentment. The psalmist had been through all sorts of ups and downs of life. He had known trials, he had known attacks of the enemy. But he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He found complete contentment and satisfaction in the Lord. I wonder whether you do this morning. You know, when everything else is stripped away, what are you left with? We live in an age of ambition, We live in an age of qualification. We live in an age of great materialism. But when all is stripped away, what are you left with? I I love to to be with saints on their deathbed. Because there's something beautiful there. Everything else is stripped away. Everything that in many ways seems so valuable in this life. And suddenly it's just them and the Lord. Them and the Lord. And it's precious. They're precious moments. So David found complete contentment in Yahweh, in God. Do you this morning, do you find contentment in in him or is it a striving kind of relationship? Do you think God's on your back? Do you think God's a, a heavy driver? You know, in the West, we drive sheep. 
we go behind them. We have dogs, don't we? And we, we harry them. We, we, we call out. You listen to the shepherds and they, you know, have their particular ways. Go on, go on, go on. And you're trying to listen to what they're saying. Now, what did he say then? You know, and they've got the dead dogs running around as well, sort of just keeping them in place. God has no dogs. <laughs> yeah? And God doesn't harry his people. He calls. He draws. It might be this morning his, his spirit is just doing that for you. Maybe that's where you are and he's just, he's just speaking to you. And as you've been in this time this morning, this time together, the Holy Spirit has just been speaking and, and there's that softening of your heart, that kind of sense that Father, the Good Shepherd, has drawn near. He's not chasing hard after you. He's, he's coming in love and gathering you up. might be that you, like the lamb on the shoulders, the sheep on the shoulders, you, you've gone astray, but he's pursuing you. He's coming in love, and he won't come to you and find you knocked out by the enemy and, and life and so on. He won't come and berate you. He'll come and say, I love you. I love you, my child. And he'll, he'll pick you up, and he'll put you on his shoulders, and he'll say, let's go back home. And he'll take you back home. So this, this is indeed a, a beautiful psalm. And you have those, as you continue to move through it, you have these wonderful, wonderful pictures of how uh, Yahweh, the shepherd, the good shepherd, cares for his sheep. He is the one who brings contentment, who brings satisfaction. Do you find satisfaction in knowing Jesus this morning? He is the one who leads us into green pastures. He knows where to feed us. He knows how to feed us. Do you know what it is to dwell in the green pasture of the word of God? To feed on the good word and let it minister to your soul. He leads us by still waters. He doesn't lead us where the torrents are. That could be dangerous. He leads us by still waters where we can drink and be satisfied. It's good to be people of the word, to feed on the word of God day by day. Each one of us needs to be nourished. It's also good to drink of the well of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what it is to come and drink this morning? What it is to come and find that renewing influence of the Holy Spirit upon your heart, upon your mind. You may may have been on holiday, come back and suddenly hit a hard week. And you're trying to press through it. And perhaps what you need to do is just draw aside. Because you see, a lot of this psalm is about presence. David being present to God as his good shepherd and God being present to him. And maybe you just need to stop and draw aside and be present to God in your present situation. You've got a big decision to make. And you've been wrestling with it. You don't know what to do. What you do need to do is be present to God. Draw near to him. Be still in his presence. Feed on the word. Let that word speak to you. You may have read it a hundred times, but pray the Holy Spirit quickens it to you. Drink of the Holy Spirit. We should all be baptized in and filled with the Spirit of God.
It's not a special gift of few, it's for all. The promise was there in Acts chapter 2. This is for everyone, for all who will believe on the name of the Lord. It's not just for leaders, it's for every member of the body of Christ, every member of the family. What do you know this morning of being by still waters and find refreshment and renewal in the Holy Spirit? Allowing the Holy Spirit just to minister to your soul. You see, we're more than just intellect. I read an amazing article recently about, about the brain and the mind and uh, how they, 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 they've, in this materialistic world, they want to put the mind and the brain together and say it's a unit, so once the brain's gone, the mind's gone. But it doesn't work like that. Because you see, we're made, we're made by God. And, and, and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And our, our, our mind can operate separately from our brain. <laughs> and I find that amazing. But there is a, there's, a, there's something that goes on there that scientists have not been able to find out. We, we are made wonderfully. And we are made for God and to find our resources in God. So he leads us by still waters. He restores our soul. And the picture here is initially we think of that just that soothing perhaps ministry that the Lord brings. But it is initially of that, that sheep that's gone astray. That sheep that's gone outside and gone off somewhere. It is of that sheep that's gone where it shouldn't have done. And the shepherd going and restoring its soul. If you like the backslidden sheep, the person that's gone astray, lost their way. And I, lo- I love these images and, uh, because restoring occurs in so many different ways, doesn't it? And uh, very real images where the, the shepherd carries the sheep back home. So it, it speaks re- of, of rescue then, of rescue, of bringing back. It also speaks of restoring. One of the things that the the early shepherds had to do, there was no such thing as vets in those days, is they would care for the sheep in every way they possibly could. It may have injured a leg. It may have got something in its, in its foot. And I, I see my dad, you know, get the sheep over and, and gather the leg up and then scoop the, into, the, into, the, into the, the foot of the sheep and, and, and clean it out and, and put stuff on it and... Yeah, so there were many ways in which they, they brought healing to the sheep that they cared for. So he, he restores, he, he renews, he revives, he, he brings healing. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a healing touch. You need to know a healing touch. Maybe it's in body. And we'd be happy to pray for you as we come to the end of the meeting, but... Maybe you need prayer this morning. doesn't matter if you pray before, come again. Keep pressing in. That song that was earlier on, you know, take hold of it. We press in. We lay hold and we lay hold. Maybe that you need healing in body. Maybe you need healing in mind. It's saddened to read in this last, just this last week about a, a pastor of a successful church in the United States who suffered from depression. And in many ways, it was being managed. In many ways, you would look at him and say he was successful in every sense of the word. But he took his life without anyone expecting it. Took his life. You can go and read his, his wife's comments on the internet and so on. Right? Go and read other people's 
comments about it. You know, it's possible to be pursuing things so much that we miss what's going on in here. What's going on in here. It's funny how we can talk about being sick in our body, but we don't like talking about being sick in our mind. Because we kind of think that's a bit odd, don't we? But actually, we are one whole. We are a unit. And people not only get sick in body, but they get sick in mind as well. But he also is our healer. He is our healer. And if that's you, you you need to recognize it. You, You need to talk to somebody about it. Could be your husband, could be your wife, could be your community group leader, it could be somebody else. Leaders in the church in different ways. But talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. I've known what it's like. I've been there. I've been tempted to drive into a tree and finish it all in the past. And they're dangerous situations to be in. I just want to say this morning, he loves you. And he cares for you in every possible way. In spirit, in soul, and in body. And if you're suffering in any way, come to him as the one who is able to heal, as the one who is able to map a way through for you if you're struggling with with thoughts of depression. Because this gospel is for the whole person, isn't it? It doesn't just save me and get me to heaven. That's a great bit of the story, that knowing Jesus means I have eternal life when I die. That's great. It's great to know that I am totally forgiven. It's great to know that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. It's great to know that when I pass from this life into the next, I will be with him forever. But in the meantime, I'm living. In the meantime, you are living. We are living. And we're living in a broken world. You may be a new creation in Christ Jesus, but you're living on a battleground. And the enemy will come in different ways and he will assault you. And and we need to be aware of the the spiritual warfare that we are caught up in. And it may be for some here this morning, you've been been caught out of the game by by the enemy. You've been tripped up in some way or other. And it's spiritual warfare that's going on, and you need to recognize that. And you need to recognize who you are in Christ and who God is to you through Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And to rise up and to take authority in your life. And to exercise authority over those areas. So the Lord, he is a good shepherd. He is the one who does heal our souls. Heals us in every way. And again, I, I, I do want to reiterate that. If, if you in any way struggle with depressive thoughts, please, please speak to somebody. Come and speak to Graham and I. Come and speak to somebody else. You will not be condemned for it. It's a flashing light on the dashboard. Someone I heard of recently said, oh, they got a flashing light on the dashboard on their real car. And they said, you know, nothing had happened, so they just kept going. And you think, that? Don't do that. The light is flashing for a reason. Stop. Look at what's wrong. If you're, that is a light that's flashing on the dashboard of your heart, your mind, take note. Speak to somebody. Because God cares and God wants to bring his healing to you. So he leads us, I need to draw to an end, he leads us in the right paths. God is a God, this shepherd is a God who guides us 
So you're looking for guidance this morning. You're looking for, for help this morning in the way to go. He will always lead us in the right paths. He doesn't lead us into sin. We need to, to remember that. I've heard some strange excuses about people's life choices and how we justify a sinful route rather than God's route. That is not walking in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. It doesn't honour him. So he leads us in his paths, in the paths of rightness, good paths, paths that will be good for our feet, that we can walk on with confidence. And even though we walk through the dark valley, valley of the shadow of death, it may be a particular valley that you're walking through at this moment in time in life, and you, you cannot sense God at all. It's like, where is God? And you, you think of images like these with these sheep, and, and there they are going along a, a difficult terrain and, and uh, going through a valley, and, and they, they can't see the shepherd. And it may be that you're in that situation where you can't see the shepherd. But I'll tell you something. If you listen closely, you can hear him. Because a shepherd in those days would be leading his sheep and he would have his rod and his staff. And that's why it says, your rod and your staff, they would comfort me. And as he was walking along, you would hear, tap, 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 tap. The shepherd's there. The shepherd's there. So that, that dark valley that you're going through, just... Take a moment to stop and listen. Listen out for the tapping of the shepherd. His presence is there with you in that, that dark valley. Yeah, it can be a situation in life. It can be right at the end. And I found too that sometimes when people reach the end of life, they, they've gone through their, their Christian life with great confidence. And then suddenly at the end, they are arrayed by the powers of darkness. It's like the enemy comes in like a flood. I've seen it. And suddenly, it, assurance goes out the window. But this psalm says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I love that it says it's a shadow. That means it's a passing thing. Though I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And then, you know, the joy of being able to bring people when they're going through times like that back into Christian assurance and the presence of God and then see them pass from this life in peace and in joy. Yeah. Wonderful. So, as we draw to a close, you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Do you ever wish your enemies would all go away? Yeah? God, why don't you just expel all my enemies and I could be a really fantastic Christian for you? Yeah? Do you, do you ever... Don't, perhaps you don't think like me. No? Come on. Some of you do. Yeah, you kind of think, God, if only you would just get rid of all my enemies, then I could really serve you powerfully. But here it says, God prepares a table before us in the midst of our enemies. <laughs> hey? And maybe you, some of you need to stop looking at the, at the enemies around you and see the feast that God has prepared for you in the midst of your enemies. Yeah? Stop looking at the devil and start looking at the shepherd and see what he 
has prepared for you. And you anoint my head with oil. There's two things about this. Yes, it refers to honour in many ways, but also you'll see here a shepherd anointing the sheep's head with oil. And this was also to help the sheep because in a hot climate, all sorts of flies and insects would get into the wool, into the head, and I could tell you some really kind of not very pleasant things, like, you know, they bore in the ear, you know, in the eyes and get into the... Well, I'll stop there. But you, you get, kind of get the picture, don't you? It's not good. And the reason they anointed the sheep with oil was to protect it from that kind of thing, to protect it from the flies, the, those insects that will burrow in and get at their minds. And, you know, that's where we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's where, why we're charismatic. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It, like, it just brings that protection, that blessing to our minds. So, this time, and I've gone through this very quickly, this psalm is loaded, isn't it? Absolutely loaded. And right at the very end, he, he ends on this basis, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Oh, thank you, Lord. His goodness and mercy are, are keeping up behind me and they keep gathering me up and gathering me back into his presence when I would be that sheep that kind of goes astray or gets wounded in some way or sick. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will, listen again, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, it's about presence. Presence. The whole psalm is about presence. Do you just know God intellectually or do you just relate to God religiously? Or do you know him in this way whereby his presence is so real to you? So vital that you can speak, to, speak of him in these kind of intimate terms whereby it's not a ritual that you're going through but a relationship that you're enjoying. Isn't that good? Let's just pray, shall we? In the midst of your busy life, just take a moment to just be still. Just take a moment to know his presence. Just take a moment to Know that he's there with you. Right now. He is your Emmanuel. Take a moment to know that he's not pulling a, a daisy flower going, flower, he loves me, he loves me not. He's saying, I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. Take a moment to know that this good shepherd is speaking peace to your mind. Just speaking peace. Troubled waters. He's just saying to you this morning, my peace I give you. I don't give it like the world gives. I'm not going to take it away. That's not how I behave. 
my peace I give you. Would you just receive his peace through knowing his presence this morning? And maybe there's some here who need to know his, his healing touch. As you're in his presence, just reach out to him. Whether it's in your body or whether it's in your mind. Holy Spirit, we, we welcome your presence. You are the anointing oil that heals Where there's physical sickness, would you bring healing this morning in Jesus' name? Where there's troubled minds, would you just bring stillness, bring peace? If you're going through the dark valley and you can't see him, just now listen out for the tapping that signals his presence. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Do not be afraid. I will lead you through. Father, we we love these images, beautiful, beautiful images that we find in Scripture. And this is such an intimate image of the shepherd and his sheep. Lord, you made us for yourself. But we, like sheep, went astray. You came, you pursued us, you gave your life for us. Oh, how we love how you gather us up in your arms and you bring us back home. You heal, you feed, you refresh, you guide, you direct, you provide. Lord, forgive us that we so often look for other, to other things for contentment. Help us to look more and more to you, that we might find that contentment that lasts whatever we're going through that sense of your presence, the sense that you are everything and having you is indeed all in all. In Jesus' name, amen.